Welcome to Metal Injection Squared Circle Pit! Today's special guest, Rhea Ripley! And now, here is your host, Rock Paspani! Welcome to Squared Circle Pit. It is WrestleMania weekend, and I am very, very excited. It's one of the best weeks of the year to be a pro wrestling fan, and always great to be a metalhead. It's Rob. Thank you for tuning in to Squared Circle Pit, where we explore the intersection between heavy metal and pro wrestling. Today's special guest is WWE superstar Rhea Ripley, who I think is the future Raw Women's Champion. She's going to be at WrestleMania. And if this is your first episode of Squared Circle Pit, first of all, thank you for tuning in. And I encourage you to visit metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit to hear all the previous episodes. We have so many great interviews, especially with WWE superstars. Our most recent episode before this was Damian Priest. I've had Edge on recently, Seth Rollins, Triple H. There's AEW superstars like Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. I also interviewed some metalheads about... Their pro wrestling fandom, like Corey Taylor of Slipknot, Maynard from Tool, Cannibal Corpses, George, Corpse Grinder Fisher, and many, many more. And so I'm very excited for this WrestleMania preview episode. So stick around after my interview with Rhea, where I will give my predictions on the NXT and WrestleMania weekend festivities. But right now, let me get to my interview with Rhea Ripley. Rhea is an incredible talent. I've wanted to have her on the show ever since I found out she was a huge metalhead. And she's great. She loves Suicide Silence. She loves like the Deathcore stuff, newer bands. And it, it was very, very interesting talking to her, talking about her relocation from Australia and just the pressures of being a WWE superstar. So let's get to that interview. And afterwards, my WrestleMania predictions. Now entering the squared circle pit, it is my absolute pleasure to be talking to, in my opinion, the next Raw Women's Champion. She'll be facing Asuka at WrestleMania, which takes place Saturday, April 10th and April 11th at Raymond James Stadium, streaming live on Peacock. I have Raw superstar Rhea Ripley in the Square Circle. But welcome, Rhea. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, so it finally happened. I'm sure the moment you've been kind of dreaming of, uh, you finally debuted on Raw. You had a big entrance. You got you got shot into the Raw Women's title picture. How did it feel making your debut uh, on Raw? It was really nerve-wracking, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was more nerve-wracking because I knew that I had to speak on the microphone, which is something that I'm not very confident in. I'm more confident in kicking people in the face. <laughs> but I was, I was super excited as well because... I was confronting Asuka and Asuka is someone that I've wanted to wrestle for, for years now, actually. So I found that super exciting in itself. That's awesome. And, you know, here on Square Circle Pit, we're all about the connection between heavy metal and pro wrestling. And I know you yourself are a metalhead. I've, I've definitely seen you post like deathcore bands and stuff that you listen to. But what I want to know first is, did you get into wrestling first or heavy metal first? I actually got into wrestling first. Um, my family friends showed me wrestling so like years and years ago now. I don't even know how old I was to be completely honest. Um, but I loved it. And I remember they had a Papa Roach song 
as the raw intro. And I was like, this song's banging. I was like, this is, this is really cool. And then my friend showed me more Papa Roach songs. And obviously I'm like on YouTube and other artists pop up and I just sort of start spiraling down, spiraling through like all the different genres of music. And yeah, pretty much found a few bands and I've stuck with them since then. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, wrestling led you down the, down the dark path towards heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. That's awesome. That's all. That's you're not the the first person to mention that, and, and for me as well. Uh, what are some of your bands right now? Who who are some bands that you you just love? Um, man, I've got a few of them. Most of them I still listen to from like back then. So like I love Motionless and White. I love um, Of Mice and Men, Suicide Silence. I just started listening listening to Attila. I think that's how you pronounce their name. Yep. Um. New Year's Day, um, man, there's there's so many. And I just have, like, so many bands that I listen to, but they're definitely the main ones. Like, even Falling in Reverse, I love Falling in Reverse. I know that's going to be controversial, but I do love them. So, yeah, that, that's most of my bands there. And I just, I listen to them on repeat. I can't help myself. <laughs> that's awesome. And and I'm, I'm guessing you've gone to, to plenty of shows. Is there a scene in Australia? Is there, like, a good metal scene down there or so we used to have um a festival called Soundwave. it stopped a few years ago i think it was like 2013 or 2014 it finished but um yeah that used to be a two-day festival where like they had so many bands come down and and play and i used to <laughs> run around run to, from stage to stage listen to different bands get in different circle pits and walls of death slide through the mud I used to do all that and I, I loved it I'd always it was always a really hot day as well it was always like 35 40 degrees which was something stupid so they had like sprinklers from like the trees to like keep us cool I'd always put my head under the tap I'd be that kid I'd just be drenched in water and sweat and I'd just be running around tackling people <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah and, and so you, you were talking earlier about wrestling and, and, and popper. Do you remember like your earliest wrestling memories? Um, I remember bits and pieces. I'm very bad at the remembering game. Um, <laughs> it's not a specialty of mine. But I remember, yeah, I remember bits and pieces. It was always super hard for me to watch like full shows of like Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views just because I was a very active kid. So I played soccer, netball on the weekends and every other sport that you can think of. Like I try to play everything. So I, that was like always the time that we could sit down and watch wrestling um, until we got Foxtel and then I'd start recording it. But then obviously my mum would yell at me telling me to do my homework. So I'd have to like skip through bits and like just like watch my favourites sort of thing. So who were your favourites? Who would you skip to? So I loved Triple H. The first match that I saw was him and Ric Flair. And I just, I love Triple H, which is weird because he's my boss. Um, <laughs> so I was like super scared to meet him to begin with, but he's chill. <laughs> um, I loved CM Punk. CM Punk was always a big one for me just because his promos were so good. And I just love listening to his snarky comments and all that. And also The Miz. Uh, the Miz was definitely one of my favorites for the same reason. He's so snarky and just great at promos. And I've always wanted to be like them <laughs> that's cool yeah and so then when did you start thinking going from being like a fan to thinking like hey you know 
uh, like you said, you're, you're athletic. You always did sports when you're like, maybe I should start doing wrestling. Um, it only took me like maybe a few months of watching wrestling. I was like, you know, this is really cool. <laughs> I think I could do this as everyone thinks. And then they try it and they're like, oh my God, this is really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I was like a few months in watching it and I would like try, I know it's not good, but I'd try things on like the trampoline with my sister I had a um, massive bit of cardboard that I cut into a title and I was going to like sew these things onto and start a backyard federation of my friends. So I just, I really, really fell in love with wrestling and I just pretty much wanted to do it from as soon as I like started watching it. It was just, it was so different to every other sport that I did and me being a sport lover, I wanted to try everything. And then I found Riot City Wrestling in South Australia and I was like, oh, this is so cool. I went there for two years and I watched the shows, fell in love with all the athletes there. They had a tryout when I was 16. I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Why not? <laughs> so you were 16 when you did the tryout. How long have you been like fooling around in the backyard uh, before the tryout? So before my tryout, I think I had been – it wasn't like full on matches. It'd just be like random moves uh, when my sister wanted to jump on the trampoline with me, which wasn't often because I'd normally hurt her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it probably would have been like, I want to say like four years of doing that. We had family friends and their son. I'd normally wrestle on the trampoline with him, but also I was a lot bigger than the other kids and a lot stronger. So it would always end up with me doing something and them flying off the trampoline or someone crying. So I sort of just had to like calm down a little bit until I actually started wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of didn't know your own strength at the time, it sounds like. Yeah, I still sort of don't. <laughs> I'm a lot stronger than I think I am. And I always forget that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good, that's a good thing uh, for, <laughs> for a restaurant. Yeah. Though. So you were, you were wrestling, you started training and then at 16 and how long were you wrestling uh, down in Australia? Like how, how long were you in that federation before you kind of got a little bigger? Um, so I was with that federation until I came here with WWE, which was 2017. I'm so bad at like years and maths at this point. Like they all merge into one. <laughs> yeah, we, I'm not going to hold you to it. This isn't a test. <laughs> <but> just, <laughs> just estimate. People are going to start looking up the facts. They're like, she's wrong. She doesn't know herself. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the call about NXT UK was the first pitch, I'm assuming, right? Because that's where uh, you debuted, uh, if I remember correctly. And what was it like hearing that you would be a part of like this new promotion, this new kind of idea? And were you at the, did you wrestle in the UK before NXT UK? No. So my wrestling career was pretty much just in Australia. I went to Japan for three months on a tour, but that was the first time that I left Australia. Um, so when I moved over here at 20, it was a whole new like bowl game for me. And I, I was training for a good year before I even made it to NXT UK because I was on the first May Young Classic. That was my first official debut. And that was two weeks after I moved here. Um, and then after that, it was the second May Young. And because I did so well in the second May Young, they wanted me to go to NXT UK. And I was like super excited. I remember I was supposed to be on the first tapings of NXT UK, but I actually had um, a popped eardrum, so I wasn't allowed to fly. But I went there for the tournament for the NXT UK Women's Championship. And I had no idea what was going on. No, 
no idea. No one told me anything. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I finally get to wrestle. Like I was just super excited to wrestle because I hadn't been on TV except for the May Young Classics. So going to the UK was definitely different. It was funny because no one knew who I was because I'd never been there before. So like the crowd would just like, we don't know whether to boo or cheer you. Like, I think it's boo because you're being sort of like mean and snarky, but <laughs> they didn't really know who Rhea Ripley was. But that was an exciting time for me for sure to help build the NXT UK brand as a whole was just incredible. Like I'm so thankful that they saw something in me back then and trusted me with that responsibility because I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't be as good as I am today, I want to say. Yeah, there's a few questions I have out of that. Like, first off, uh, how was it relocating to Orlando, I'm assuming, right? From Australia. Uh, Have you, were you, before that, have you ever like left Australia or? So before that, I only went to Japan, but (laughs) relocating to Orlando, it was tough. It was really, really tough because I was only 20 years old. Like I had only moved out of my mom and dad's house for like six months before that. And it was so weird being here without my family, like my mom and my dad and my sister, they're my everything. And it was really tough on me to not have them here and to pretty much just have to grow up and be an adult. Um, It was really, really hard. And then also like the food. The food here is so different. <laughs> oh, well, what, what, so different. <laughs> what was the culture shock for you? Like, what was the first thing you were like, what? <laughs> oh, man. Just like, okay, so over here in America, the, the one thing that still shocks me today, let's just put it that way, is when you say thank you, they go, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't, I, I can't get over it because in Australia when we say thank you the other person goes you're welcome or something they don't just make a random noise that's one thing that's definitely like a culture shock to me (laughs) but other than that I would say the food's just so different here because in Australia we don't have uh, corn syrup sugar in anything I don't think so when I first moved here I was like eating healthy and still like doing all the things that I did in Australia pretty much but I gained like 10 kilos of fat which was like a lot for me um so it definitely didn't help like with my mental struggles because I've I've always like been body conscious and all that so it's just like it sort of just threw me out of myself and it really ruined me for like a good year before the second May Young Classic came around so it was really really difficult for me to adjust over here so it was just the corn syrup that kind of like what what did you have to start cutting out <laughs> oh man i pretty much had to cut out everything it was super <laughs> weird i i don't know i i think also it was like i don't know if it was like a hormone thing or because i was like still sort of like growing up but like everything here just hit me really really hard i don't even really know how to explain it i'm still trying to figure it out now <laughs> like i have to sort of eat the same thing every day and if I have something weird, I'll get like bloated straight away. I'm like, all right, can't have that then. <laughs> like, too bad it was delicious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and also like when you debuted on NXT UK, like you said, nobody really knew who you were at the time. And here you are, you were like one of the featured stars of the the brand at the moment. What was it like starting to get all of this attention uh, from from WWE fans who are known to be very passionate, either positive or negative? <laughs> they are <They're> very very <laughs> passionate 
(laughs) (laughs) It was a lot for me. For someone that always had like a little, little following, never got any notifications on their phone and was completely like content and happy with no notifications to someone that like has a phone that doesn't stop all day now, like it's it's (laughs) really intense and I can't get used to it at all. Like I, I refresh something and then all of a sudden it's like this whole like big thing of tweets and I'm like, what? <laughs> Where'd this come from? Like, <laughs> how many people were talking about me right now? It's just incredible to see uh, what sort of impact I have on someone, whether it be positive or negative, as you said. Most of the time, social media, unfortunately, is negative, but it's still like they're still talking about you. It's still something. It's just right. it's super weird to me. I've never been like a social media sort of person. I've never been savvy in that stuff. So <laughs> I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, one, one thing I love is how your look has kind of evolved and like, you know, you, you become more and more metal <laughs> kind of. And, and, uh, and I uh, like I saw a photo on Reddit or something of you when you were like 17 and you had kind of this almost like Barbie-esque kind of look, you know, and, and now you have this this metal Barbie look. You have a, you have this like yeah. D look. And so I wanted to know, like, what what was that process like for you and like slowly building your character? And I'm assuming the uh, the entrance theme kind of helped you get, get the vibe. So, so tell me about that. Yeah. So when I first moved here, I had the long blonde hair, the generic beach girl waves. And I was I want to say I was myself then. But at the same time, I was the unconfident version of myself. So I had long hair for the reason that I could sort of hide behind it and I never really changed my look up because I was scared of changing my look up back then like I was absolutely terrified of going to the hairdresser and I was absolutely terrified of wearing what I wanted to wear um I went through a lot in the year between like the first May Young and the second May Young like mentally I went through a lot there was times where I didn't know if wrestling was for me which is really hard to say because like I I love what I do but I I went through a lot of those times which everyone does um in every profession but it was really really hitting me hard I was super homesick and then all of a sudden like I want to say a couple months before the second May Young I sort of just like had enough I was like I I don't I can't keep dealing with all this stuff that people were throwing at me and I'm like making up in my head um So I sort of just had enough and someone said that I would look nice with short hair. And I was like, I mean, I've always wanted to cut my hair. I've just been too scared to do it sort of thing. Um, And then one day I was just like, you know what, stuff it. It'll grow back if I don't like it or I can get hair extensions. Like it doesn't really matter. So I went and got my hair cut and I was like, pretty much like YOLO, (laughs) (laughs) as people say, but um. Yeah, I cut it and I didn't cut it like as short as it is now. It's like gradually gotten shorter and shorter because I've gradually stopped caring about what people think about me. (laughs) But yeah, I've just been through so much. And like I I always love getting inspiration from the bands that I listen to and even just like random things on Instagram. Like my jackets that I wear are sort of like, sort of like the jackets that the bands wear in their um, music videos, which I've always loved. So I've always just like taken in things from other people, but made it my own. Um, So yeah, I cut my hair, stopped caring. (laughs) 
and you look great and, and you stand out, you know, like it's so funny. Cause like you had that like Barbie-esque and, and I don't want to come up like, like a backhanded cut, but like, you know, you had the, it was like more of a, in a way, generic look for WWE. Like there's definitely, whereas like the look that you have now, it's just Rhea Ripley. Like it, it's a, and for wrestling, you want to stand out. Exactly. And when I had my long hair, I would always get told that I was Charlotte 2.0 or I look like Lana or I look like Natalia. Like I, every single blonde in the company, they were just like, yeah, you look like her. And I was like, but I'm not like, I'm myself. So yeah. over the years, I've sort of just like gradually been growing into like my own person because I have been getting older as well. So like I've been growing outside of wrestling in the same way that I've been growing in wrestling. Right. I've been finding myself more and more and I just put that into wrestling because my my character per se in WWE is pretty much just me. So I don't really have to, I don't want to say, I don't want to try too hard, but I don't have to change too much um, of myself to go on TV. Right. You don't have to think, what would my character do? Because it's typically what would you do? And yeah, exactly. with, with your logo, I love that it's a death metal logo. And it's like the unreadable font. And it's so cool to me that you're kind of introducing that style to the mainstream wrestling fan that might not, you know, know about underground death metal or anything like that. Uh, when when the artist, I know WWE has a huge creative services team. When they presented you this and the whole, this is my brutality kind of gimmick. Uh, what was your reaction? How involved were you in it? And, and like, like, how did it all feel coming together? I was super excited. So... <laughs> The first shirt that I have, the they had the Rhea Ripley one, the one with the metal sort of writing and the chains. But the one after that with my face on it, I actually designed that one. So I got like shirts from like Suicide Silence and I was like, this like look is really, really cool. And I want to make something like this, but I want to use this photo of me that they took with my tongue out. I want all this stuff. Um, I want the sort of like font. So I sort of like I had a lot of input with um, my shirts, which is really cool. And now they sort of just like keep making them, but they know what I like. So I've, I put that first input in and now they understand me. So they keep making more and like they'll go through me. They'll be like, which one do you like? And I'll be like, this one, definitely this one. People will love this. So that's what happens with like the shirts and the merch designs and all that. But as for the music, like I had this song called... Um, I think it was called Last Straw. And it was just a song that I found uh, in our library that we had. And I used it in NXT UK. But when I came to NXT, I had to get a new song, something that they actually owned. So I told them to write a song sort of similar to that song because I loved it so much. I loved the beats that it had. And I really wanted to get like my Mitch Lucker stomp in there. Like I had to. (laughs) It had to have like that screamo beat that, like everything that I needed for my entrance. So when they told me that they were getting Ash Costello to sing my song, I was just like, what? <laughs> like, this is incredible. I was I was completely shocked. I was like, you know who that is, right? Like, she's she's so cool. She's badass. Like, because I, I listen to her band as well, and I think they're great. So I was sort of marking out at that fact. But then they sent me, like, a few rough copies, and I would send back... <laughs> Um, things to change or swap around. And it's funny because um, they kept missing out on that big scream for the Mitch Lucker stomp. So I actually sent them 
a voice message of myself, and it's not good, it's not good, but myself screaming in the <laughs> same sort of like length and like vocal cords that I wanted for that specific part of my song. <laughs> so I'm glad that they didn't use me, like my actual voice. I'm glad <laughs> that they made someone else do it. But I had I had a fair bit of input, which was something that surprised me a lot because I thought that I sort of just had to do what they wanted me to do, but they actually let me have a lot of say in a lot of things. That's cool. I love that you call it the Mitch Lucker stop because that's totally what <laughs> that's what it is. I mean that's what I it think. is. <laughs> yeah. And so I love that you have that in your mind and that like you had, it, it's such a, it sets the mood immediately. I think too, you know, the first, I feel 30 seconds of an entrance theme is, is the most important. So, uh, and, and you, you debuted on raw and if somebody didn't ever see NXT and only watches raw, they immediately knew your character just from that entrance. So I think that's very important for your character too. Yeah, definitely. And like the way that Mitch did it, it would always be in such a violent part of the song. And I, I love that because like when I'm going out to the ring, I'm bringing the violence with me. I'm bringing the brutality and I'm coming down for a fight. So it's, it's a great way to start everything pretty much. So let's, let's quickly talk about WrestleMania. It's coming up. It's arguably the biggest match of your career. And what's so funny is that you, you the biggest match of your career before this was last WrestleMania where it was supposed to be at Raymond James Stadium. And the whole story was essentially your big debut in a big stadium. And then we all know what happened. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you were wrestling at an empty performance center. Uh, how has this year been for you as a performer? Like you mentioned before about, you know, uh, your various insecurities. And I can only ima imagine the pressure, like, having a conference call, like having this interview with you, just my anxiety of like, oh my God, like, and this is a performance between two people, you know? I can only imagine on that level, the anxiety and the pressure. How was it? And then to have it kind of taken away and now to kind of come full circle where you get a do-over this year, what's what's been going on? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> so much. <laughs> so like walking into the Raymond James Stadium last year, and like pretty much scoping out the place before WrestleMania was supposed to be there, it made me really nervous. I was like, there's going to be so many people in this crowd. Like I couldn't believe how many seats I was looking at. I was like, this is terrifying. I'm like, that rampway is going to be so long. I'm going to have to run. Like it's going <laughs> to take me a good two, three minutes to walk down the ramp. <laughs> so I was like, just sort of like planning out everything and freaking out and wondering where my parents would be sitting, all of it. And then I think two days after I went to Raymond James Stadium, everything got cancelled. And I was super upset just because I knew that my family wasn't going to be here. That was the thing that I was mostly upset for because I really wanted them to be a part of the biggest match of my life. I wanted to see them there in the crowd. I just wanted to be able to see them after my match. I wanted to be able to hug them and hear in person that they were proud of me. But having my match at the Performance Centre with Charlotte, even though it was so different and something that none of us expected at all, it was still super special and amazing to me. And I still had all the nerves that I think I would have had if I was competing in front of all those people in the crowd. Like, it was still so nerve-wracking. And I was so stressed out that... 
I actually cried after the match. Like once it was all done, I, I, I burst out crying. Like as soon as they were like, all right, cut. I was like, ah, and I just started bawling my eyes out, which is something that I don't normally do in front of people because I don't like crying in front of people. But I, I started bowling and I was like, all my stress had just been like sort of relieved and I was so happy and excited and glad that it was over, but glad that I got to be a part of it. Like I had so many different emotions. So going into WrestleMania 37 this year and knowing that it's not going to be cancelled and there's actually going to be fans in the crowd, even though it's only the minimum of like 25,000, that's still a lot more than zero. And it's still a lot more than what I'm used to. So <laughs> I'm I'm pretty ecstatic. Like it's it's gonna be the biggest highlight of my career by far, by far. And to be able to step in the ring with Oscar, someone that I've looked up to for years, like I'm I'm super, super excited and I'm still nervous, yes. I'm I'm definitely still nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I can imagine. Yeah, at least you're in good hands with Oscar. I feel like you know, with, with Oscar and Charlotte, you can't get better than that in terms of in terms of exactly, matches. exactly. <laughs> like I'm, I'm glad that I had that match with Charlotte because we put on a banger. I thought it was a fantastic match for having zero people in attendance, and I can't wait to see what sort of magic Oscar and I make. So. I'm, I'm super excited. Awesome. As you're like, as we wind down, as you're training now for this big match in the gym, what do you play? What, what's on your, your iPod while you're training and <sighs> in the zone? So I've been on this weird kick. I want to say where I don't actually listen to music while working out. It's really weird. So I used to a lot because I would work out by myself, but now I work out with my boyfriend. So like we sort of just like talk and like, encourage each other as it goes and I used to listen to my music on the Stairmaster but now I've been walking on the treadmill for 30 minutes so I instead of listening to music I've been watching <laughs> tv shows to distract my mind but normally when I'm I'm doing cardio and I do listen to music it would be like my playlist of motionless and white falling in reverse Attila like all of them um just I need something that I need like a variety of stuff. Like I need hard stuff and I need stuff that I can actually like sing along to on the Stairmaster without looking like I'm trying to scream a hole through the person that's walking in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely had that too, where I'm on a treadmill and I'm like, you know, I put on the sugar and the beats per minute is faster than I'm running. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm running the treadmill. I'm like, Oh, I gotta, gotta legit. <laughs> legit. And it's so difficult these days to like, we have to wear the mask. So if you go to scream with the music, then the mask turns out to be like this small and your nose is poking out, your chin's poking out. I'm like, this doesn't work. <laughs> so you said you were watching stuff. What are you watching? What, what is it? Television shows or like wrestling? What do you watch? Yeah. So I've been watching a lot of like Netflix shows. So right now, I just started, well, I just started watching and I've nearly finished The Order. Okay, yeah. I don't, yeah, so mm -hmm. I, I just started that one. I'm already like halfway through season two because I just obviously do a lot of cardio, I guess. <laughs> it's the best way to not think about cardio. I, I do that too. I try to have like a good 
show just because then it's like you just don't think about it and it's over and you <laughs> exactly i'm more invested in the show than i am in dying so <laughs> <laughs> awesome well it's been amazing to talk to you i'm such a fan of, of your work and also like the vibe that you put out the more metal heads we have in wrestling the better <laughs> so <laughs> i agree it's, it's been so great to talk to you I, I wish you only the best of luck and hopefully we'll find ourselves soon in a mosh pit somewhere <laughs> enjoying suicide silence or or any other band because I, I really miss live music and i'm sure you do as well i do i really really do i just want to fight someone <laughs> <laughs> awesome well, cool oh, that was man. great thank you so much uh for taking the time to do this i really really appreciate it no problem dude thanks for having me <laughs> all right have, have a great weekend and, and a great wrestlemania coming up <laughs> thank you <laughs> it was incredibly cool to talk to rhea ripley and to get to know her a little better and i felt like uh, we could have probably talked for another half hour uh but you know her time is a little more valuable than mine, so I had to let her go. But let's talk right now about the week ahead. It's a big week, like I mentioned, for WWE fans. Basically, eight straight days of wrestling, if you think about it. Raw Monday, the Hall of Fame Tuesday. Wednesday, the uh, NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1. Thursday, NXT Stand and Deliver Night 2. Friday is SmackDown. And then Saturday and Sunday are WrestleMania. Monday is Raw again, and then Tuesday would be the premiere of NXT on Tuesday. So that's a whole lot of wrestling. And, you know, I'm not sure how much of it I'm going to... Like, I don't know. I, I'm not going to watch the Hall of Fame live. I might scan through it after. Obviously, I, I really am looking forward to NXT Stand and Deliver. Going to be watching both of those. Going to be watching SmackDown. Going to be watching WrestleMania. Going to be watching Raw. So, I mean, I'm in for most of it. And the card for Stand and Deliver looks incredible and this past wednesday uh they made it even more incredible so let's go through this it's a two-night event honestly i haven't really been too hot on nxt for the last year or so i feel like their current roster is it's not that it's bad there's the women's division is very strong it's just there feels like something is missing and, and some of these characters i don't really care about some of the newer guys that they're introducing i should say i'm not really a big fan of or I haven't, they haven't won me over yet. But these two cards look incredible. And the takeovers, no matter what I think of the weekly TV show, have been awesome. And I think that once the show moves to Tuesday, because they're not competing with AEW directly and don't have to worry so much about the rating stuff, it might get a little better. At least that's my hope. So let's get through this card. Let's get through my predictions. Stand and Deliver Night 1 just announced Pete Dunne versus Kushida. They were in that battle royal uh, to determine this gauntlet eliminator. And I honestly was just like, oh, I really just want to see these two wrestle. Like with the way they were doing their reversals. Uh, it was like, man, these two need to wrestle. And then when they both eliminated each other, I was like, oh, OK. So I reacted exactly how they wanted me to react because they're building up a feud. And sure enough, they're doing their match next week. This is going to be an awesome match. I've been a fan of Kushida for a very long time since New Japan. And giving him a, a spotlight to shine with a wrestler like Pete Dunne is going to be great. And I think I would love for Kushida to win, but I feel like Pete Dunne is probably more of a priority for NXT. And likely he's being set up as the next challenger for the NXT title. So I would go with Pete Dunne. 
Then we have the Gauntlet Eliminator match to determine the North American Championship challenger for the next night. We have Leon Ruff in the match, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and L.A. Knight entering in that order. And I guess L.A. Knight is the one they're trying to push. He got the last spot. But I think it would be a really great match if it was Cameron Grimes versus Johnny Gargano. And I just, of all of these gimmicks, I love Cameron Grimes' gimmick the most. However, I guess that would be, now that I'm thinking about it, that's a heel versus heel thing, which WWE doesn't really like to do. So it would have to be a face, most likely, to win it. I don't want it to be Dexter Loomis, because I, I think that NXT likes him way more than I like him. But I could see... I could see I can see Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, or LA Knight. If I have to pick one, I'm going Cameron Grimes, baby. All right, triple threat for the vacant tag team titles. MSK versus the Grizzled Young Vets versus Legato Del Fantasma. I can't imagine anybody but MSK winning this match. They're really, really on fire. They're on the upward trajectory. I would go as far as to say it would be a mistake for anybody but MSK to win the title. So my money is very much on MSK. One of the other uh, anticipated matches of the night is the UK Championship match between Walter and Tommaso Ciampa. My money's on Walter. I think uh, I think he's just the man, and he has to win. <laughs> I can't. I, I just don't see Tommaso winning the UK title. Like, what is he, he's going to go to NXT UK now? Like, just, it doesn't make sense to me. I think it's going to be Walter. And in the main event, Io Shirai defends against Raquel Gonzalez. They've really been pushing this match on TV, and Io has been champion for quite a while. And I, it almost feels like Io's ready for her big call-up, and maybe that's what will happen on one of the post-WrestleMania Raw or SmackDowns. Because I think Raquel Gonzalez, this is her moment. She is going to be crowned the NXT Women's Champion in the main event of this match. I think it's very, very cool that uh, they're going to be main eventing the first night of Stand and Deliver. And for night two, let's get through what we got. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon against Candice and Indy Hartwell. I imagine that Shotzi and Ember will retain. It's a little too soon for them to lose the titles, even though the first winners lost it in one day. The North American Championship match. I could see a title change, but I feel like the story for Gargano is stronger with him being the champion. So I'm going to say he retains. Ladder match to determine the Cruiserweight Champion, Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar. This could steal the show. Uh, and I have a feeling that Santos is going to win just because, well, I mean, I guess it, with the UK traveling, it's not so hard. But I, I feel like Santos is, is their guy right now. So he's going to win. The unsanctioned match, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. It's got to be Adam Cole for me. Adam Cole is their priority. He's going to win it. And finally, NXT champion Finn Balor against Karrion Cross. I have a feeling Karrion Cross is going to win this one. He's their guy. And if he doesn't win, then he's going to raw or smackdown the following week that's the only way he's not winning because i think he's gonna win and then let's move on to wrestlemania it's two nights again this year much like last year the difference is last year was right after you know the whole shutdown and so it was a closed set event and it, there were no fans in attendance there was it was just wrestlers wrestling in silence but this year, there will be fans in attendance. It'll be the first WWE show. It won't be the first WWE show with fans in attendance, but with 25,000 fans for sure. Both nights, uh, tickets are on sale. I don't know, like, if you're vaccinated, sure, you know, go ahead. But if not, I don't know. I don't know if I would 
break my seal with uh, WrestleMania. But let's go through the card. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, and it's expected that Logan Paul is a special guest referee. These two are going to have an awesome match. I This is one of my most anticipated matches because these two know how to put on a fun show. I imagine Kevin Owens is going to win, though, and possibly powerbomb Logan Paul throw a tape. Let's hope. <laughs> uh, the Intercontinental title match, Big E versus the newly minted Apollo Crews. I don't know about this new Apollo Crews gimmick. I mean, I'm happy that they're giving him a push, but the accent isn't working for me. I guess he's going to win there. Like, for this story to really work, for Apollo Crews not to be completely dead after this, he's got to win. So I'm going to go with Apollo. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Another match I'm looking forward to should be good. I'm rooting for Cesaro here. I hope he gets the win. He deserves it. He deserves a nice, he deserves a nice push. Give the man a nice push. (laughs) Riddle versus Sheamus for the U.S. title. Got to think Sheamus is winning. He seems like more of a priority for WWE. Riddle's kind of a joke now, which is a bit of a bummer because he's a pretty good wrestler. You know, if you look past what's going on in his personal life with with that lawsuit. Uh, But it's going to be Sheamus. Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in the steel cage match. This will be a great match for me to go to the bathroom to replenish my snacks. uh, Possibly pack a bong. Whatever I need to do because this feud has been brutal. But you got to assume Braun Strowman is going to win. Bad Bunny versus The Miz. I think they've done a great job promoting this match. And Bad Bunny has definitely gotten them some crossover appeal. I got to think Bad Bunny's winning this one. And there's going to be some sort of moment that they're going to want. That You know, this is their publicity moment. So they're going to want this stuff shared. So Bad Bunny's going to pull out like a Swanton Bomb or a, <laughs> or a Shooting Star Press or something to make sure he gets in the highlight reels on all the pop culture shows. Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. As I mentioned, I think Rhea is winning this one. The Fiend versus Randy Orton. It'll be the other bong slash shower break. This feud has been brutal and not in the death metal brutal way, in the literal brutal, like I can't stand it. Uh, I hope the Fiend wins. I hope this is just over. I hope we can move on. I love the Fiend at first, but it's hard to think of like a good angle that the Fiend or the reimagined Bray Wyatt has been in since returning with this new character. As much as I like the idea, the matches have been not so good. New Day versus AJ and Omos. Got to think Omos is going to be dominant and win, and then they could have a nice run with the tag team titles. Although there's not really any other tag teams on Raw anymore that I can think of. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. I sure hope this is the main event of the night that it's on. They deserve it. They're going to put on a great match. And I feel like, you know, it's WrestleMania. You want the happy endings. Give Bianca Belair the big shot at the end with her raising the title and the fireworks. I think that would be really cool. As much as I think Sasha Banks has been a great champion and should still be the one running the division, just give it to Bianca. Let her have it for a month or two. Let Sasha win it back. That's my feeling. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. It feels like Drew is setting up for Carnation, but I really have been enjoying Bobby Lashley these last few weeks, and... I kind of want to see him have a further run, so I hope they they keep the title on Bobby. My prediction is Bobby. Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan triple threat match. I'm surprised Bryan is in it. I'm much more interested in the match now that Bryan is in it, but I don't see Roman Reigns losing. (laughs) Bryan's probably there to take the pin, if anything. It's going to be Roman Reigns pinning Daniel Bryan to win the match, and then maybe they do a rematch next month. But who knows? But Roman Reigns is not leaving WrestleMania without 
that championship. So those are my WrestleMania predictions. Let me know your predictions. Hit me up on Twitter. Square Circle Pit is on Twitter. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. Search for us there. You can find us. It's easy. And I'm Rob Ejection on all socials. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and being a part of Square Circle Pit. And until next time, I will see you in the pit.